Hello everyone, this is Tanner Talks about stuff that happened, and this is an emergency episode that I do not usually do. I'm going to try to do some more of these when some really crazy breaking news happens, but uh, this is the first one I'm doing so far. Um, this is almost entirely unscripted. I'm going to try to keep my, and, uh, my you know, and, uh, us, you know, all of those uh, conjunctions and things like that. I'm going to try to keep those to a minimum. Um, but I can't promise anything because this is not scripted and I will have to sort through my thoughts occasionally. And today, something exciting that I'm doing is I am actually Instagram live streaming this, this podcast, uh, got some Instagram live stream people who are listening into this today. Uh, hope I can answer some of your questions. If you have any questions throughout the course of the podcast, please feel free to, uh, ask them in the Instagram live chat. I will try to answer them on the air. I cannot promise anything because I got, I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. So I don't keep people waiting for too long. Um, you know, but let's just get, let's, let's get down to this. Let's see how this goes being mostly unscripted. So what happened today? Oh, also I can't promise that I'm not going to say bad words occasionally through this because when I'm scripting things, I don't say bad words because, (laughs) but I am a little bit heated about the events that happened today. This was very upsetting to see things like this happening today, but what am I talking about? What exactly happened today? Well, if you've been paying any attention to anything, you know, in the news or social media or anything, what happened today is that a group of radical Trump supporters breached the United States Capitol building where the Senate and the House uh, meet to legislate and to do, you know, their job. A group of radical Trump supporters actually breached that building and tried to put a stop to what was happening today. So let's just get right down to this. Um, I'm actually, before I do this, uh, I was, I'm actually going to flip flop what I was about to do. So I was going to explain why this happened, but I'm actually going to do that after I explain the events that occurred today. So what exactly occurred today? Well, let's just go through the timeline. So today there was a protest uh, in front of the White House. (coughs) Excuse me. Today there was a protest in front of the White House. Uh, It started at about 9 a.m. We're talking several, potentially several hundred thousand Trump supporters were out at this protest. What were they protesting? Well, today the, uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate were certifying the election. The election supposedly went to uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden supposedly won the election and... Uh, so they were certifying it. There were some people, notably the state of Arizona, who were um, opposing this. They were saying there's fraud involved. Uh, we object to this election. Um, and the Senate was meeting because they were saying, okay, well, I we guess we're going to decide if these objections hold water, hold value, or we'll decide if they don't. Um, people were pretty much assuming that what was going to happen was that the elections would be certified, Joe Biden would win the election, yada, 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 this whole debacle would finally be over. But these uh, s- protesters were there because they wanted to make their voices heard. This was not originally a violent protest. It was not planned to be a violent protest, at least by those who organized it. They had no intention of this being violent. It was completely peaceful at the beginning. Let's make that 100% crystal clear. This was a peaceful protest. It was not intended to be a violent protest by the organizers when it began. So the morning rally started about 9 a.m. right in front of the White House. Uh, Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, 
um, said something that a lot of people are saying may have incited the violence. And uh, he gave a speech. He said, over the next 10 days, we get to see the machines are crooked. The balance are f- the ballots are fraudulent. And if we're wrong, we will, be- we will be made fools of. But if we're right, a lot of them will go to jail. And this is now pay attention to what he said right here. A lot of people are saying this is why this happened. Rudy Giuliani says, so let's have a trial by combat. Now, I don't think he meant what some people are thinking he means. I don't think he meant let's storm the Capitol building and stop what's going on. I think this was more rhetoric that he was using. He says, I am willing to stake my reputation immediately after that. I don't think he really meant let's actually fight these people physically. I think he was using some poorly chosen wording. Nonetheless, uh, between 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock, these Trump supporters continued to gather, and this is where the crowd peaked. It was a huge crowd. It went all the way over the National Mall to the Washington Monument. A, a very, very large crowd. Um, and they were protesting the certification of uh, Joe Biden's win in the uh, Electoral College. Now, this is where the winds change a little bit. And I want to make something a little bit clear here after this next point. Around 1 o'clock p.m., Donald Trump came out and started speaking to the uh, protesters. He spoke for about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, And he also said some poorly chosen words. Uh, I I won't give exact quotes right now, but because he tends to do that, Trump is not an orator. Whether you support him or whether you hate him, he is not an orator. He is not meant to give public speeches is not what he's good at. Um, and he's obviously very upset by what's going on right now. He lost the election. He's a very prideful person. Um, he, he's upset about that. S- about 1 p.m., uh, Trump spoke from about uh, 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And what happened then is where things get a little bit foggy. And we're not exactly sure what happened. While this was happening, I was at work. I was doing my work um, as a delivery driver. And so I got to listen to everything play out. So, uh, I I was listening to several news agencies at once. And actually when I was able to stop and I was able to get a few minutes just to rest, I was, I would actually pull up my phone and I'd pull up another news agency so I could see what was happening. And this is what I saw. At this point, this protest fractured into two factions There were those who were there to peacefully protest and listen to Donald Trump speak. And there were those who were there with the express intent of becoming violent. And these, this, this giant protest splits into two factions because as Trump is speaking, part of the protest breaks off and starts advancing on the Capitol building. Now, remember the protest is in front of the white house. It is not in front of the Capitol building. Um, Capitol building is about a mile away, maybe a little bit more. And, uh, his supporters begin to advance on the Capitol building while he is still speaking. Now, if they were there because they wanted to hear Trump speak and they wanted to pro- they wanted to peacefully protest, do you think they would have left in the middle of his speech? I don't think they would have. I think they would have stayed because they wanted to listen to him speak. That's who they're there for. That's who they're supporting. A lot of Trump supporters, whether you love him or hate him, you can't deny this fact. They kind of idolize Donald Trump. I'm sure they would have stayed, but they didn't. At this point, they broke off from the main group and started advancing on the Capitol building. And uh, about 1.02 p.m., this is where the powder keg explodes. Because at 1.02 p.m., Mike Pence, who Donald Trump was kind of hoping he could count on, 
issues a letter saying, <coughs> excuse me, he issues a letter saying that he cannot and will not block the election results. He said he cannot block them, but he also said he will not block them. This was a choice he was making. He wasn't just defaulting. He was choosing to not block the election results. He was choosing to go directly against Donald Trump. And that's when the powder cake explodes. At 1.13 p.m., Trump ends his speech at a rally. And at the end of the speech, he calls for the protesters to march down Pennsylvania Avenue to the Capitol building. He calls upon them to do that. And again, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't think Trump had any intention of letting them break into the Capitol building to do what they did. I don't think that he, I don't think he thought they were going to do that. I think he really enjoys getting crowds riled up. I think he really enjoys being in, in, in the hot seat. I think he really enjoys that. And so he does whatever he can to keep that attention. It's just in his nature. I don't think he intended for people to break into the Capitol building. I genuinely don't believe he intended that. I could be wrong, but that's my belief. At 1.20 PM, uh, see, I'm on MSN right now. And I think this is where they get something wrong. They say around 1.20 p.m., mobs start forming outside the Capitol building as Trump supporters try to break past police barriers. And I am here to attest to you that that is not true. That is incorrect. And I can, I can say that with absolute certainty because I was watching the news. I was listening to the news on the radio. I was listening to Trump's speech as it was happening live. And I was watching Trump's speech as it was happening live on my phone. And at the same time, next to where Trump was speaking, I saw uh, there was a live feed of people advancing on the Capitol building. The Trump speech was happening live, and there were people advancing on the Capitol building live. And that's how I can attest to you that these, these were two separate protests happening at once. One of them was peaceful, one of them was violent. By the time Trump finished speaking, people were already congregating and trying to push into the Capitol building. And... By 2.13 p.m., the Capitol building is completely locked down. You cannot get in and you cannot get out. It is completely locked down. And around 2.13 p.m., this is when rioters begin breaking down barricades outside of the Capitol building. Again, these are no longer protesters. These are rioters. And these are not the peaceful protesters we saw who were listening to Trump's speech protesting the election results. These are rioters. These are radicals. They have every intention of inciting violence in this situation. These are, I cannot emphasize this enough, these are two separate entities perpetrating these actions. On 2.16 p.m., rioters breach the Capitol building while it is on lockdown. These rioters have broken into a government facility with the express intent, perhaps, of causing harm to people. And how do we know that they have, they, they're perhaps intending to cause harm? Well, at this point, protesters, uh, rioters, rather, sorry, I should be more clear about that. Rioters are inside the Capitol building, and I, uh, I heard over the radio that they had, they were hearing calls of the protesters marching down the hallway saying, where are they? Where are the senators? Doesn't sound very friendly to me. That sounds dangerous. So what do the, what do the, <coughs> excuse me again. Uh, I do not have COVID. Uh, what do the senators do at this point with senators and the representatives? Many of them have already been evacuated from the building before it went into lockdown. They got out of there. Um, 
the entire uh, certification of the election has been completely halted. It is no longer happening. Um, people are trying to get out as quickly as they can. There are underground tunnels linking the Capitol building to the White House, to other government bodies, uh, government buildings. And so senators and rep representatives are trying to get out as quickly as they can while this is happening. Uh, but the protesters are already inside. They cannot enter or exit through any main doors. Those are all completely locked down. So at this point, 2.16 p.m., the rioters are inside of the Capitol building. Um, the police in the Capitol building are completely overwhelmed. They cannot do anything. And uh, most of them have retreated into the House chamber, into the Senate chamber. They are um, trying to, their, 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 their express goal is no longer to keep rioters out. It is to protect the representatives, to protect senators. By 2.20 p.m., rioters have advanced far enough into the Capitol building that they are banging on the main doors of uh, the Senate of the, of the, uh, sorry, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> They're banging on the main doors of the Senate, um, the Senate room. I just barely said it and I can't remember what it's called now. Um, and also the room where the House of Representatives meets. They're banging on those main doors. They are inside of the House of Representatives. This is the first time in over 200 years that the, uh, Capitol building has been breached by an out by an invading body. It is the first time in over 200 years where this has happened. By 2:31 p.m., the DC mayor Muriel Bowser has announced a curfew for 6 p uh, for 6 p.m. Wednesday to 6 a.m. Thursday. And this does not help anything. This does not help the situation. People already believe that their 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 voices are being suppressed. These people are already believing that their voices are being suppressed and this does not help the situation at all. 2:47 p.m. This is where things get very crazy. And this is where I started to get a lot of anxiety about the situation inside the house chamber. That's what it's called. House chamber inside the house chamber, the remaining representatives and the guards inside, uh, the guards inside of the house chamber. And as well as the officers who have retreated into the house chamber have barricaded themselves inside the house chamber. They have used furniture to block off the main doors. I've got a picture of it right here. I'm looking at, um, they've used furniture to block off the main doors and uh, they have now drawn their weapons, they've drawn their guns, and they're pointing them directly at the door. If anyone breaks into this room, there will be violence. The violence will escalate. There has been no deaths. There have been no deaths up to this point. I said up to this point. But at 2.47 p.m., the guards are aiming at the door of the house chamber with the express intent of firing upon anybody who breaks inside. 3 p.m., Rioters storm in, cheer in the Capitol Rotunda. These are no longer just a few rioters who were able, who were brave enough to break in. These, these are now hundreds of rioters who are flooding into this, into the house, into the rotunda. And police are desperately trying to hold them back. Police now inside have riot shields. They are using pepper spray. They are using um, batons to try to quell the unrest that's happening. But the rioters have adopted entire group think. They are no longer thinking for themselves. They are now thinking as an angry mob. They are not using rationale. They are not using um, any sort of, re they are not appealing to any sort of reason because they are acting now as a mob. We saw a lot of this during the Black Lives Matter protests. Even though many of them had good intent, it, once you get into that mob mentality, a lot of destruction and scary things can start happening. This is what we saw today on a scary scale. Not saying that wasn't scary to see them during uh, 
the Black Lives Matter protests, but this this is very fresh in my mind, and that's why I'm saying that. 3.03 p.m., rioters break into the Senate chamber, and they are on the Senate floor. Um, this is scary. Luckily, there were very few people left uh, on the Senate floor, and no one was hurt. There were very few rioters who actually got into the Senate floor, and one of them, who was dressed as a Viking, for whatever reason... He got up onto the, uh, on the speaker's seat on the Senate floor and he screamed, Donald Trump won the election. He was dressed as a Viking. I'm not sure why he did that, but that is what happened. No one was hurt on the Senate floor. Let's make that clear. No one was hurt. No, there was very little damage that happened on the Senate floor. It was just very scary for anybody who was still in there. 3.13 PM. Trump tweets asking for peace at the Capitol building. He tweeted, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That was all he said. Trump did not acknowledge that these people were breaking and entering a federal building. That this was the first time a foreign and dangerous body was inside of a federal building and had broken red breach to federal building in 200 years. This is the first time that it happened in 200 years. Trump did not acknowledge that. That is a flaw of his. He did not handle that well. And at 3.23 p.m., a protester, a woman, is shot by a police officer. She is wheeled out and taken uh, in an ambulance to a nearest hospital where she is pronounced dead. She died. This woman was shot by an officer and died because she was protesting. Although this wasn't a protest, this was a riot, and I will admit that. Around 3.50 p.m., there is an explosive device reportedly found at the Republican National Committee building several blocks away. 4.06 p.m., President-elect Joe Biden in Delaware, he makes a speech, and he says, Our democracy is under unprecedented assault. Now, Joe Biden makes an interesting choice at this point. I listened to his entire speech because I was doing deliveries and I was in the car. I could listen to it. So I was able to listen to Joe Biden's entire speech instead of completely condemning Trump supporters, instead of condemning, uh, making a generalization as he could have very easily done. Joe Biden chose instead to call for unity. He, he made calls for, um, working together to resolve our differences, which I found very impressive. 4.18 p.m., Donald Trump uh, also tweets out a video. And once again, Donald Trump does not handle this situation well. I am going to be totally honest. I am coming at this with a very unbiased perspective. Um, All I will say is I do not align with the people who broke into the Capitol building today. Um, I'm very unbiased in this in this situation, but, uh, Donald Trump did not handle this well. Instead of backing down and saying, uh, you know, because of the things that I've been saying, this has instigated this kind of violence. He actually doubled down on his claims of election fraud, praised his supporters, but he did encourage them to go home. He said, look, we got to finish this legislation. We have got to have the due process. You guys have got to go home. 
but this, uh, this election has been stolen and you guys are awesome. And my supporters are fantastic. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that is what Donald Trump said. And for the next hour, there are protesters, uh, rioters inside of the Capitol building. There are sporadic reports that they are fighting hand-to-hand combat with Secret Service agents inside of the Capitol building. There are sporadic reports that they are marching down the hallways calling for violence. At this point, all all senators and representatives who are still in the Capitol building are barricaded inside of offices. They're hiding. They're hiding in closets. Staffers are hiding in closets. Uh, People are afraid. And it's a scary situation. Um, Very volatile. We don't know what's going to happen quite yet. I remember driving around. I was very nervous and I was listening with bated breath, just waiting for something crazy to happen because I was very worried that this could be the, the, the beginning of a civil war. But at 5.34 p.m., about an hour uh, about an hour and 15 minutes after Trump tweeted his video out, um, the Capitol building is announced as secure. What happened at this point? Well, the National Guard was called in. Initially, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, tried to call the National Guard in, but the National Guard actually said, no, we are not, you are not our boss. We will not appeal to whatever it is you have to say. But eventually, uh, the gov- I believe it was the governor of the District of Columbia who called in the National Guard. The National Guard came in. They... Uh, were able to force the rioters out of the Capitol building uh, without, as far as I know, without any further deaths, any further severe injuries. And at 5.34 p.m., the Capitol building is announced as secure. 6 p.m., the curfew starts in Washington. Around 7 p.m., many of us got a notification on our phone that the process began to resume for Congress to count and announce the Electoral College results in favor of Biden. And Unfortunately for the protesters and the rioters, this did not work in their favor. Many of them had the intent of breaking onto the Senate floor with the intention, uh, or the representative's floor, with the intention of stopping this election certification. That was their express intent. Unfortunately, instead of that, they frightened the senators and the representatives so severely that while many Republican uh, Republican representatives and senators had every intent of objecting to the, um, objecting to the election results. When they got back, instead of objecting, they started making speeches about how horrible it was, what had just had happened about the division in this country and why they had gotten, why they had let it get to that point, why they had let themselves become so divided up to this point that they were that people were willing to do something as horrendous as what they had just done, which was frightening for everyone involved, including me. And I'm states away. And it was frightening for me because it was a frightening moment for democracy. People wanted to go in and stop a democratic process from happening for whatever, whatever reason they had for it that can fall by the wayside for the moment. They tried to stop a democratic process and that is anti-democratic. That is, uh, an authoritarian takeover, to be honest. And it does not represent uh, the movement that many people subscribe to when they subscribe to trying to vote for trying to get Donald Trump into office back in 2015. So that's the story. That is what happened. But why did this happen? How could this happen? 
We live in one of the most democratic countries in the world, so how could something like this, where people try to stop some, a democratic process from happening, how does that happen in the United States? Well, I'm just going to be totally honest here, starting off. People do not trust the government. You don't trust the government. I don't trust the government. Ronald Reagan said it himself. Some of the most dangerous things to hear from someone is, I am from the government and I'm here to help. We don't trust our government. Why not? Well, since World War II, every administration has had some kind of scandal. Every single one. Ronald Reagan unearthed dozens of accounts of bribery in all higher echelons of government. Bribery in higher government. There was the Watergate scandal in the Nixon administration. There was the MK Ultra debacle. The Iran-Contra affair with George Bush Sr. Bill Clinton was impeached for lying under oath. George Bush invaded Iraq under faulty intelligence, costing thousands of American lives and tens of thousands of non-American lives, both civilian and militarist. And Barack Obama sent millions of dollars to Tehran, Iran, in the middle of the night without consulting Congress. We don't trust our government because it seems that they do not always have our best interests in heart. Right? We the people. So, what happens? A group of disgruntled Americans decides to elect a man who has no political ties, Donald Trump. And he makes all these promises, saying, we're going to drain the swamp. We're going to get rid of all these career politicians. We're going to get rid of all the corrupt politicians. So they elect him. And now, four years later, he has accused the Democratic Party of cheating in this election. And with, the fundamental, with this fundamental distrust of government that we all have, particularly the people who elected Donald Trump, paired with the one man that they believed was incorruptible, now telling them that those they, those, uh, sorry, I gotta read what I wrote here, is <laughs> now telling him that uh, those people that they had elected him as a middle finger to are now stealing this election that he, supposedly he had rightfully won, these tensions start rising. They've been rising for the last month. Now, another thing we have to take into consideration right here, and I'm going to be honest, some of you might not be happy to hear this, but it is true. We need to take into consideration that those who committed frightening crimes today likely saw crimes that were committed by the protests in support of organizations like Black Lives Matter over the summer and for the rest of the year and saw that it's very difficult to prosecute an entire mob for crime, crimes committed by the few. Black Lives Matter did commit crimes. And very, very few people have been prosecuted for them. So it's very possible that these Trump supporters thought, well, if Black Lives Matter doesn't get prosecuted on a large scale, most of us can probably get away with this. We could cause some mayhem to let make sure our voices are heard. Because Black Lives Matter, obviously, their voices were heard. Why can't we do the same? Second, I've got to make this absolutely clear, and I cannot emphasize this enough. This was the act of radical conservatives, not the Republican Party. If you say the Republican Party did this, and the Republican Party is the reason for this, you are wrong. If you say that all, this, this is representative of how awful all Trump supporters are, you are wrong. And that is the same as saying everyone who supports Black Lives Matter or, has, or who has marched in a Black Lives Matter protest is awful and horrible and a degenerate because, it, because the protest caused $2 billion in property damage nationwide. Black Lives Matter did that. 
But that was the work of a very few people. That was not the work of the Black Lives Matter organization as a whole. So saying that all Trump supporters are evil and all Trump supporters are bad because of what happened today is wrong. That is not correct. The protest today initially held several, several hundred thousand supporters, and it's only a few hundred that broke into the Capitol building. That is a tiny percentage of the people who were at the protest today. Like I said, we cannot generalize a whole group of people based on the actions of a few people. We cannot condemn the belief systems of an, of an entire group of people because of the actions of a few. We don't condemn Islam as a whole for the radicals. We don't condemn Black Lives Matter as a whole for the few people who cause riots. Well, I guess some people do. I'm not going to get into that. I'm staying unbiased today. So we should not condemn all those who support Trump for these actions that happened today. If you do, that is flawed logic. That is not correct. And I am a little heated about that today. I do not get heated on this podcast. I just don't do that. But I am heated about this because I've already seen people on Twitter condemning anyone who supports Trump for doing this. Very few people comparatively broke into the Capitol building today. Is it horrible? Yes. Is it obscene? Yes. Is it completely justified? In absolutely no way are these actions justified. But that does not label all people who support Trump as people who would do something like this. I, I cannot be clear enough about that. So, let me condense it for you. What happened today? A group of radical conservatives broke into the Capitol building with the express intent of stopping the election certification that happened today. Did they succeed? No. Did they make their situation worse? Absolutely. Because instead of causing the division that they wanted, instead of causing the, causing the solidarity with Donald Trump that they wanted, instead, Republicans and Democrats are now more willing than ever to work together to resolve this because they now see what this division has done to this great country. And I don't know if I can get much more into this. That's pretty much the story of what happened today. Um, so thank you all for tuning in. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you. If you're listening, if you're tuning into the live stream, Thanks for being here. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, and maybe I'll do a couple more of these in the future. I'll, maybe if some crazy breaking news happens, I'm sure something amazing and scary will happen on election day. So without further ado, I'm going to let you all go. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you for listening to Tanner Talks About Stuff That Happened. I will catch you all hopefully in a week or so. All right. Catch y'all later.